Hello and welcome to Can You Hear Me at the Back, the podcast about all things voice and communication. Hello. Hey, Andrea. <laughs> Guess what? What? Today, we have a special guest. We do. Woo! <laughs> Who is our special guest? Do you want to introduce yourself or should we, we introduce introdu- you? No, give the voice people. She should introduce herself. Oh my God, voice. you should, t- yeah. We should, we should not rid you of your voice we should give you voice ah thank you hi i'm emily <laughs> hi emily hi how many more accent coach yeah voice coach yeah voice teacher terrific yeah. person terrific and that's the most important part that is that's the most important that's the only like major thing it's that you're a terrific person thanks i'll take that you should <laughs> <laughs> kind of in a strange direction early doors okay so it's like a hostile compliment yeah. and she's a terrific person <laughs> yeah <laughs> I meant it nicely I was going to say amazing but then I was like how American is that she's oh, an amazing yeah. per- or an awesome person you know what my awesome. response to that is yeah. correct awesome oh god have you ever, have, have you ever noticed this this is a podcast thing that keeps happening but like Americans don't say yeah or right; they just correct. say correct. Oh, but apparently it's rude. I think I yeah I'm, yeah I get what you mean. <laughs> I don't really listen to American podcasts though. Mm. I don't. Oh no, I mean like just Americans. <laughs> I just keep saying it on the podcast. Somebody uh, told to me Andrew. that in like um, in the teaching scenario, so they were like um, they had an American teacher, and yeah. if somebody was saying something, he's like, "Oh, is it like this, this, and this?" And they go, "Correct, right. right," as opposed to like a lot of British people go. Right. Which in America seems yeah. like... Right. Do that again. Okay. Do it. <laughs> no. <laughs> Do you know, Americans right. are the only people as well I know who say period. Yeah, period, the end. That's yeah, it. that's the I end. I put a lot of things after my period. Yeah. Period, the end, no more. Yeah. I don't think I've ever heard a British person go, just in case. Period. No, because we don't, we don't, but it's for a full stop, right? No, but there was... That's say, what I thought it was. Yeah, it is. is. Like, it is. Like, it, yeah, but... but it's emphatic. I, they say it, don't they? Like, yeah. that's it, period. Yeah. You would never hear a British person saying, that's enough, period. Yeah. Like, you just don't hear that. <laughs> I've never heard that. Can you imagine? <laughs> that sounds terrible. <laughs> it doesn't even feel the same. Like, it's like... No, it's... That's like, if you were getting... Like, I got it when, when you got, like... A, you were getting yelled at for something sure. and it's like don't do that that's the end of it I don't want to have any more discussions period done yeah move on that's what it was yeah hmm. I've never had the word period said to me like that in that context like, before like how you brought the word period <laughs> yeah. into the podcast you're welcome that's what I'm here for almost immediately <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's what we should talk about oh, dialect gosh. differences not periods <laughs> we'd be here for a long time I've got a lot of dialectal Issues, mm. but but hold on, we have to we have to make sure we honor Elan Rochelle at the beginning of yeah. our podcast episode. So let's let Emily go first. She's Emily guest. first, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. In a sound and a movement, how do you feel? <laughs> That's so positive. I That's like how it. I feel. I like that. It's it's yeah, we'll go in order. You, oh, is it me now? Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. I feel a bit refluxy. Delicious. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> it's my turn, okay. Um, it's... Ooh. That was multi-layered. Multi-faceted. Yeah, I just let it, I just let it flow. 
Knowing whatever I felt. I'm gonna I'm gonna sample that and have that as the ringtone for whenever you text me. Oh please. <laughs> whatever that was. I can't even do it. Was ex- really impressive. I don't think I could replicate that. I'm not gonna lie, that was a one-time thing. Yeah. You're all very welcome. We'll never see that again from me ever again. <laughs> it never happened. It was like a little riff. It was. It was like a riff. I've been listening to a lot of jazz lately. It's incorporated <laughs> into my speaking. <laughs> Uh, so what were we talking about today accent reduction and kind of morphing of accent depending on where you are I'm just wetting myself laughing because I nearly threw wine on the floor (laughs) but it's fine because I've just stolen Emily's serviette oh god Um, uh, I should probably drink more my (laughs) first thing about accent reduction is because we had this accent reduction accent softening yeah I was going to say like what are we defining Uh, as the term I always use I always use accent softening Mm -hmm. but I don't have I mean there are some people that feel very strongly about the term reduction which I get Mm -hmm. but then there are also people that feel strong about the term softening as well so it's kind of like that double-edged sword which which is the right I've also heard accent modification yes mm. which I don't like which I don't like either because it has that connotation of adding something extra like if you think of people that body modify <laughs> yes. you these people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. like people who like cut their tongues in half yeah. Yeah. and they like have Ooh. things inserted so it looks like they have horns, horns. and things like that oh, oh my, I was obsessed with the, the little circles that people because you can get like a silicone circle like in your oh, like God. in your chin or whatever what or for female. or in like sorry, people get them in their chest to as look well. reptilian yeah. uh, my cousin had that where she had like a stud no, like no, no, it was like chest. an actual circle. It's like a silicone circle that they like they put in your. T- I just realized I'm just pointing to my chest, but like it's it's in your chest. Surprise! Andrea points like, at her cleavage. It's a major part of who I am. <laughs> um, but it's just, it's like raised, and it's like raised. You, you can touch it. You yeah, can actually, I know what you mean. It's like and they. Is it under the skin? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's right under the skin. So it's it's right in the surface. Yeah, it's like an implant, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <gasps> But you have to Seriously. get it, and you have to get removed every couple of months or something like that because your body rejects it because it's yeah, a foreign body. Yeah, because it's a foreign object in your body, or right. something about the the chemicals if they break down and do something. Like that. that moves really far away, but accent <laughs> modification, yes, that's why I. Also yeah, that's the that image way. I get of yeah. someone like that's turning themselves into a reptile or something <laughs> with their accent. <laughs> I suppose modification's <laughs> not like. Because it is being modified, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it, it is. It is like... I think all of the terms work. Reduction, softening, modification. They all work for what essentially it is that you're doing. Yeah. But there are all connotations towards them. Obviously, for me, I think of reptile people. <laughs> <laughs> for you, it just becomes a Doctor That's Who episode. Where? That's just me. <laughs> oh, I used to love Doctor Who. I, I feel like with accent things, mm. there are kind of two sides to it, in a sense. That there's... There's the there's the acquisition of an accent yeah. that we might work with an actor or a group of actors about acquiring an accent, yeah. which is a modification of some description, yeah. but that's for a specific purpose versus accent change in everyday life, yeah. which is a completely different thing. Yeah. And often it becomes, in my experience of doing this work, it tends to be not about changing the accent per se like not massively like there's minor changes that happen but it's more about clarity 
mm-hmm. and sort of anglicising an accent, so Ooh. making it sound more English. That's right. a loaded word. Yeah. Anglicising. Yeah. <laughs> but I also feel, yeah, because some people don't want to be anglicised, because I get people who come to me and they're just like, I want to be more American, and I want to get rid of whatever this is and sound more American. And in that sense, I feel like I'm tweaking just like little things in their vowels for whatever mm. that is. But is it like a general American, which is a whole nother conversation. But yeah, but yeah. But then I also feel like if I'm doing it for actors, um, that I don't ever say that, that, I'm cha- that I'm working on their accent. I'm working on something almost very separate from them obviously it's yeah, things you're that come on an from accent, yeah it's, it's things not that come yeah, from yeah. them but like they're not going to go out in everyday <clears> life and use it I mean it'd be cool if they do but that's not why I'm teaching them to do it so, like, have but then what about sort of like an international actor so we work with I get with, that the most we're working with actors working who are working with actors that are English as a second language mm-hmm. and want to sound more British just generally it's not specifically for a role Right, that's the that's the work I get in terms of one to one the most, mm. which I always find a bit strange because I think, well, why can't you just act in your own accent as it is for now? I get why they want to do it because mm. then when you get to drama school and you're learning the RP or whatever, it might be slightly easier if you already have an experience of it. But there's no reason why you can't just act in the accent that you have. Yeah, but I feel like, because I, and I don't know if this is like a casting thing that's coming down from somewhere, because I also get a lot of students of the same thing, who get told that, um, I think they're worried about, because they don't sound British, that people put them in a very separate category. Yeah. And I think that's what it would, like, to me, I find really upsetting, but there is this thing where it's like, okay, you don't sound American, you don't sound British, you're foreign. And so you get put up for the foreign person. Yeah. And not somebody who could be British or be American. Yeah. You're just, like, a separate entity. And that's why I always say, I always think, like, you should... Don't try and use this accent consistently. Like, if you're in voice class, use your own voice. Yeah. But if you want this, to again, to expand your casting, great. That's great. But I don't see why you should come and learn more British sounds just because you're at drama school in England like mm. that for me that's not what I'm here for yeah to expand the cast casting absolutely yeah I get yeah that's to- that's literally they, what they say like I'm constantly ca- typecast as the foreign one yeah. the roles aren't exciting enough mm. it's it's a bit degrading sometimes yeah. so yeah totally I get it for that but if you get people that just, I just want to sound more British just generally I'm like why because you're not, then you're in voice class, you know. And I know again, these terms can be a bit. Argue, we argue with the terms whether it's freeing your voice, you know, finding your natural voice, finding your true voice. Yeah. I think if you're putting on an accent in that class, mm. like you're not gonna get the benefits of it personally. That's why. But you're thinking through something else because we know yeah. that accent affects your um, neurological settings as well. So if you're putting if you're if you're putting the work that you're getting through a voice class through another lens and it's not going through you it's going through something that you filtered through to get to you mm-hmm. 
Yeah. God, that was confusing. <laughs> it's I know what you remember. Yeah, the yeah. visual was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, you need to see the hands. Yeah. That's what it was. Check That's it, what I explored my dissertation, actually. It's good that you've oh. got me on for this. Yeah. Episode, isn't, it? isn't it? It's like we planned topic. it. Yeah. <laughs> for the listeners, this was not planned. <laughs> <laughs> this was very much, I'm coming for lunch at Leon's house. <laughs> Shall we do a podcast episode? Surprise, <laughs> Leon was cooking. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wrote it on... God, what was it? It feels like forever ago. Um, does accent softening um, compromise the belief that your voice is a part of your identity? Mm. Specifically looking at people that weren't using it for acting. Mm-hmm. Mm. Looking at, you know, people that come for accent softening or accent reduction or accent modification, whatever you want to call it, um, just part of their day-to-day life. It's one of those really interesting things that uh, I kind of didn't ever really appreciate happening in another language. So, because we work in English most of the time, but the vast majority of the time what we experience is people coming from a from a language that is not English into English, mm-hmm. and then still maintaining aspects of their own accent mm. in English. And whenever I've learned a foreign language, the three languages that I've learned quite sort of well, long term, well, relatively long term, um, I sounded like a person speaking that language when I spoke that language. So when I speak French, my accent's French. When I speak Spanish, my accent is Spanish, sort of um, uh, Madrid sort of sound. Mm. Um, When I speak Hebrew, it's vaguely, which is never, but like it's vague, I have the sort of the phonemic and the sort of I have the vowel sounds of how those sounds are said in Hebrew. Mm-hmm. So, but do you not think that's from the person who has taught you, and also that you have the ability to be able to do that quite, quite, quite easily naturally? Anyway, but naturally already, I, yeah. I did that as a kid, which is why I was like, yeah, mm, that's I think really a lot of people that are now accent coaches actually look back at their childhood and think, God, I spent my childhood just doing voices, doing voices, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I really did, and then, yeah. like, then you go and you do your your MA or whatever, or you meet other people, and you're like, oh, okay, I wasn't just this, this no, strange, but I had no, strange okay, voices. I had <laughs> thought about it being <laughs> happening in other languages, and I was like, that's really, that's kind of one of those things that has only really occurred to me in the last. Well, I thought about it when I was a teenager and just thought. My actual response when I was a teenager was, oh my god, she's really stupid. Because there was a girl in my class who was speaking French with an Essex accent. Right. Because I grew up in Essex. So, North East London. So, like, she would, you know, parler français avec an accent to Essex. In America. Um, Which was like, which which Americans tend to do. So they tend to sort of change it to a sort of Americanized version of that. And in the UK, we tend, there has been a tendency to sort of change the accent. And then, recently I that was like one example from like 25 years ago and then one I was in Spain and listening to two colleagues and one colleague when she speaks Spanish they're both English one colleague when she speaks Spanish sounds Spanish Mm -hmm. completely Spanish the other one sounds like she is speaking Spanish with a regional British accent it's brilliant. Yeah. Like, it makes my heart sing because I'm just like, you are literally just doing your English regional British accent. With Spanish. With Spanish <laughs> just language. It's just really funny. And it just makes, it just, I just think it's brilliant. But it's one of those things I hadn't really thought about. Yeah. Transferring out of English into another language because we work so 
predominantly yeah. in English. I've got two things to say about this, because and we're going to remind <laughs> me because um, because one of them I really want to talk about is about Lindsay Lohan. So somebody remind oh. me that that's okay. What's okay. I'll always remind you about Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> <laughs> that's now the front of my brain for the rest of my life. <laughs> um, the first I think thing, I know what you're going to talk about as well. Okay. Because yeah. the first thing I wanted to say was that it's such an interesting that you said that because when I was learning my Spanish, there were a lot of Puerto Ricans around me. And my mother speaks like a Dominican-Puerto Rican kind of hybrid of Spanish. And, um, uh, but we always knew when somebody was from Spain mm-hmm. because the accent, it just like jumps at you. And mm. I remember I had, a, I had a friend that I was studying with. Um, we were doing our teaching thing together. And one of our teachers spoke Spanish, but it was Spain-Spanish. And we were saying something, and she had said something in Spanish, and it immediately, like, it physically jerked something in her. And she was like, she was, and she's, <laughs> I mean, we were joking, but it was, she was like, it's just, it's, it's such a primal thing, because she's like, it's a call, it's, it's from being um, colonized. And she was like, when I hear it, she's just like, I don't know if it's me, if it's like, you know, my grandparents or whatever it was that I was trained. She's like, I hear it, I immediately go, oh. <laughs> She's like, that's the reaction I have. And I have that kind of similar thing with it because I, I, I never heard it before. And I think part of the thing with Americans when they learn other languages is because we don't we don't have other languages, around, especially if you're from like mm. middle America. Mm. It's pretty much like English. You might get some Spanish yeah. in there, but you don't get a lot of other languages, so you don't get to hear um, the people who natively speak that language yeah. speak to you. It's somebody else who maybe learned it in uni, learned it in graduate school, yeah, um, and might speak it with a slight twang or whatever it is, but they probably didn't grow up in that culture and that thing. So that's how you're learning it. So you exactly, you assimilate to yeah. the closest thing because you're like, I've never heard this before, but it kind of sounds like this in my accent. So that's what I'm going to grab onto and do that. So yeah. I'm really interesting. And then my second thing about Lindsay Lohan okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, is that there is, I, it was ages ago, um, but she had been spending a lot of time in Greece. Yeah, I knew you were going to say this. And <laughs> <laughs> this is such millennial <laughs> culture. <laughs> um, but she didn't spend a lot of time in Greece. Do you like, remember oh. that article about Lindsay Lohan in Greece? It was. It was like a BuzzFeed article. <laughs> yeah, That's why I remember it. It definitely was. Because people were like, slant- basically, she had spent a lot of time in Greece because she was building her club in Mykonos, um, mm. which now has an MTV show. That's a whole other thing. Um, but she um, she had come back to do like an interview of the paparazzi or doing something with her, and she was speaking, but she was speaking with a Greek accent and not an English and not like an American accent because she had spent some time there. Um, and people are like, "Oh, what's wrong with her?" They're like, "What? She now thinks she's Greek or whatever it is. Like, why does she have this weird accent? She has this like neurological issue or whatever." But it's the same thing with code switching that you adapt to the the sounds around you, and mm-hmm. some sounds are easier than other sounds. And if you grew up doing lots of sounds as a kid, then you might find that you can gravitate towards um, sounds a little bit easier than other people who have not heard as many sounds in their life, but they like grilled her for that. But it's quite, it's quite a similar thing that she was just like, Oh, this is what I hear. And I'm aligning myself with these people in this identity. So I'm going to try to yeah. sound like but also that. for like ease of communication. If, if you're always saying, if, if I go to New York and I ask for water, people will be like, Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, I anywhere, just like hearing it. Or like, like anywhere water. in America. But if you ask for water, they were like, what? Is that water? Uh, oh, okay, yeah, sure. It's like, water? But water, yeah, it's water. Fine. You're like, uh, and I still say it wrong. Do you know what I mean? Like, I would I would be asking for the that's wrong thing. That's a very thing. small and, thing. Though, but, yeah. but that's a tiny thing. Yeah. And uh, genuinely, people don't understand 
that because it's pronounced in a different way so in order to be able to communicate more efficiently mm. especially if you're working there long time long term like you have to adjust how you're saying things so that people go oh yeah i know what you mean yeah so it so that makes sense. it's a little bit like what we were talking about the other night about you with korean english oh, yeah. and saying like well when i was when you were working in korea that then yeah. you came back and you had to then modify your english yeah. back into a sort of english speaking vernacular rather than a, a korean speaking english vernacular yeah and even like the intonation of things so it's um like the are you um you're right are you okay i didn't get that for the longest time because it, it just worried me i was like what do you mean am i all right but isn't that a that's a, a british thing that's though? a very british thing mm. yeah and that you, you don't act like that's i think you taught me that actually like people don't <laughs> say are you okay no, like when people say to me are you okay i think it, people think i'm not okay yeah no, they're no, like oh, asking yeah. out of concern yeah. and actually we're just saying hi yeah <laughs> are you all right and that's yeah. always like that like and i had that with um my esl students as well is that well like you go like somebody it happened literally just the other day somebody um said to one of my students he was like you're all right and he was like yeah no i, I think i'm okay and i was like you know they just mean like how, how are you? you? I, I know, like, and I have now serious, switched. Yeah. I now say, "How are you?" Yeah, and I, I don't think I ever used to say that. I used to be like, "Are you right?" <laughs> yeah, is that and the the intonation thing sometimes always gets me. Like if we're asking a question, I have to make sure that I've actually asked it as a question and not as a statement that is formed as a question. I had a really interesting thing the other day. One of my students said when she was learning English yeah. that her teacher always taught her. That when she's asking a question in English, she has to go up at the end. Of no, the go down at the end. Um, mm-hmm. I think in America we do. I think we go down at the end. Of I was like, doesn't matter. Like, most British, most English speakers have a falling inflection for a question. Oh, there the it is. The point that we have the question, the point that we ask the question is at the beginning of the question. So the why, what, what, where, who, yeah. how, whatever that kind of word. So you don't say where are the toilets. Okay. No, you but don't see- say that. You say where are the toilets. And you might have a sort of retroflexive or a circumflexive kind of um, intonational pattern or a sort of prosody, mm. but then, but it's always, you know, how much is that? You went, how much is that? Like, that would be a because, weird inflective so pattern. I think, because I think when I first came here, I, I was doing that. I said, how much is that? Oh, where is that? Or like, I think I was going up at the end of things and people oh, didn't understand what I was saying. And I had to change it because I remember that being really frustrating. I have literally never noticed that. I remember that. It's like, one of those like received like, oh, wisdom things of yeah. like people always go up at the end of a question. It's like but no. they don't. Yeah. What I was saying, I was like, well, it's about making choices, especially if you're looking in terms of acting. Oh yeah. Um, it's about making choices. There's not one specific way that you no. ask a yeah, question. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. was my response to that because I was like, I've never heard that. Before. But it also That's changes really interesting. in yeah. But it also changes in terms of repetition and certainty and yeah. like assuredness so like if you if you ask where the toilets if you say where are the toilets and you're like where are the toilets and then someone goes sorry what you're like where are the toilets and then you're like <laughs> you change the inflection yeah. so that then people can hear more of the information about what it is you're asking and then if they still don't ask you're like where are the toilets and then you do actually do a rising inflection because then it gets to the point you know where you're like, oh, you're annoying. I so I take out this is a little trick that I've learned and and actually now I think about it and I'm dissecting. This is about finding day. the toilet. So. It is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just but take I out like, a. Um, <laughs> I mean, I started the. What's wrong that spray point. called? I was like poo no more the, the spray that you yeah. used to called poo pre something no it's not called pre I have no idea what it's called but it's the it will definitely be like a pun or like a play on words yeah poo-pourri poo-pourri, poo-pourri that's I think it. it is that's it but you spray just in case you smell 
No, my mom gave that to me actually when I left the house. She's really? like, I oh, need this. So it's. It <laughs> I love so that you're like thing. miming a small bottle. Because so that's what it was. It was like that, and it was like lavender. <laughs> and I took it with me to uni. And she was like, whenever you go into yeah, your room. Yeah, but do you have your own toilet? What, no. university? What? Not in a dorm. Oh. Not until in America. This is the thing. Oh, right. We all okay, dorm yeah, to get yeah, to. You yeah. get like a roommate and then you tend to share a bathroom oh. unless you're lucky and you get like an ensuite. But yeah. we don't normally have ensuites. Just a curtain. Um, <laughs> 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 Does anyone in here? Um, what was I saying? Something about you prepared oh, to go I to the remember. toilet no. by getting something so out. So I, and this is, this is what, because I've been wrapping up and as I just thought about this, like, I don't know how condescending this is, so maybe I should stop doing it. Um, but I would take out the key word and put it at the front. Toilets? Where are they? Because sometimes, I do. Because th 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 that sounds really passive aggressive, doesn't it? Yeah. It's massively aggressive. Yeah, I shouldn't do that anymore. <laughs> no, we don't know. I think it's... Because it's the key word. Because sometimes I feel like in a question, especially if you're working with somebody who is from a second language, in a question, they're just like, I don't know why people are laughing. <laughs> no, I just feel like you read the bar and be like, wine? How much is it? <laughs> I mean, which wine would you like? Wine? How much is it? Toilets. That's true. Where are they? Yeah, it's a very specific way of it speaking. Is. It's a James Bond yeah, syntax, it isn't it? It's very James Bond. But Bond. sometimes... James Bond. You know when you're listening... Because if I'm listening in a different language <laughs> and I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to pick up the word, I'm like, I don't know... Like, I hear your sentence, but I was like, I don't know what word I need to pay attention to in that sentence. And if you mm. say that, and then you go, oh, that's the key word. And so sometimes, because, because questions are phrased in quite... A, a, a very complex way in, in English um, I almost said American um, in English you've got to go from where are the toilets and the key bit is the toilets they want to know where the toilets are mm. not the where are bit mm. so if you just move that to the front and you go the toilets where are they or you can just go toilets no, no, I've gone off yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Slightly Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> toilets, is. where are? It is. Toilets, where are they? <laughs> yeah, the toilets. But that's, if you say, if you ask a question with just the word toilets, yeah. would you not, I would probably go tend to go up then, wouldn't you? Yeah. yeah. Toilets? Yeah. Rather than toilets. <laughs> toilets. Toilets. That was a rising inflection. If you went toilets, toilets <laughs> and then be like. That's very. <laughs> Does what to who what? Yeah, what? that just sounds like you're confused about yes, the whole exactly. concept. So you wouldn't start, but if it was just the one word, you'd say toilets. Yeah. And they'd be like, over there. I've had that happen where I, I clearly talk, I talk to myself quite a bit. And when, you know, when you're you're like having a thought and then it comes out verbally, so you're mm -hmm. like, oh yeah, I need to do this and this. And then you're ordering something. So they mistake what you're saying as like something that they need to hear. Oh, I don't do it in public, like, Andrea. Oh. <laughs> just talk to myself. It's just a me thought then. Do you keep me. talking when you're ordering things? I do, yeah. Who just to yourself out loud? Well, it depends. It's on, not like, you why you're happening. struggling to find things <laughs> and get served. <laughs> We've solved it. We've solved it. That's it. Done. My entire cultural um, misunderstanding is done. It's just me. Um, Speaking of which, yeah, code switching <clears throat> and yeah. um, being non-rotic. Yeah. Andrea I like what's happening though. This is the, this is the question. It's like we're on the one show, show, like these perfect little segues. Yeah. Oh yes. I always have to do the segue. <laughs> um, mine on. Although usually Andrea looks at me, she goes, "We've lost it. We've lost it. Where are we?" And then I'll be like, <laughs> "What's well, because I've I've normally I've normally said something 
ridiculous. And then I go, I can't pull myself back from that. I don't know what to do. Help me, Leon. <laughs> That's a help Sometimes me I've gone off on a tangent as well. I mean, it's possible. Yeah. yeah. Unlikely, yeah. but it's possible. It's hard to have a voice. So, you as a New Yorker, yeah. a, big, a big app alien. Um, <laughs> see episode one. See episode one. one. Big apple, yeah. Um, so, you technically are not a rhotic speaker, right? Uh, um, it kind of depends on the mood. Yeah, and it depends on how... It depends on how... If I've been talking to my mom or not. Because mm. my dad is a rhotic speaker. Ah, the plot thickens. Yeah. So then being in London... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how, how, um... What... Because we've no, we notice this quite often, right, with Andrea. Yeah. That there's a check, there's like a, there's an adjustment that happens. I notice it particularly when I hadn't spoken to you in a couple of months. Yeah. When I came back, mm -hmm. moved back to London after being away for like six months. Yeah. I was like, what's going on with your accent? What is, it is happening? Like, it was, at that point, it was my lot vowel had shifted. It was like yeah. my lot in cloth had gone the, somewhere. The, yeah. It was very strange. They've gone to the English countryside they've, somewhere. They've gone, they, they went away. And <laughs> was Oxford and Rutgers. Yeah, yeah, it was quite. It's very slightly RP. Slightly, like very slightly. And then, the, um, I, I don't know, I think what ended up happening was like, when I was teaching, and I was teaching RP, and I would have to do it in class, and then I was hearing it quite a lot around, and then, weirdly, it comes out a lot more when I've been drinking. I just like, what the RP? Yeah, like, or like the, <laughs> the weird shift of things. Like it's not even RP. It's just like it's like I heard that sound. I'm just gonna make that sound. I don't even know what sound that belongs to, but I want that sound, and I'm just gonna do that. Gets me in a lot of trouble. That's maybe that's why we spend so much time together. Because the more drunk I get, the more RP I do get. <laughs> always, it's always happened. It's a bit of parties having a conversation with somebody in the corner, and they're the, like, oh, "Your accent's changed." No, it hasn't. I've just had more wine. <laughs> Your accent's changed. Your face has changed. What it is? Oh, I think it's so interesting the choices we make with accent. I know. I'm one of the. I'm a terrible. Or the subconscious choices that we make, and then mm. you look, go back and you're like, "Why did I do that?" I'm gonna say another millennial thing. I was watching. Um, <laughs> I'm just pairing everyone. Um, so uh, I was watching uh, Kristen Bell. Uh, who is do, do you know Kristen Bell from Kristen Bell? The Good Place yes so I say from The Good Place but I've never seen an episode but yeah <gasps> I know it's really is. good I know also married to Dax Shepard yes and they were doing it. they were doing a show together and it was they're like adorable they're, they're very cute um, and they were doing like a good morning or something I don't know Kelly Ripper was on it that one and uh, and they had done this no it was Rachel Wright oh no we don't know who those uh, people are great um, so they were sitting there. American daytime sessions. <laughs> um, and they were sitting, and they and they were doing like one of those games. It's like, um, like how well do you know your partner or something like yeah. that. Uh, yeah. And it was, um, I swear it has to do with accent. She, he, um, it was like, what was one thing that Kristen does that really bothered you? And it was that every time there's an accent that comes on television that she want, like she does the accent. Oh, that's me. Or she like sits there or she'll try to mime it. I was like. Oh, yeah. It's like, except I do it with real people. So, like, if you're sitting there next to me, I'm just like, yeah. I. So, how do I make an I? Like, your I. I? I. But then 
I shouldn't do it out loud. It depends again, depends on how many glasses of wine yeah. I've had. Sometimes I do do it out loud. I'm exactly the same. And I didn't know that I did that until I, I think it was in my second year at university, and I shared a house. And my housemate was going like talking about all of our habits, and she was <laughs> oh, like, no. <clears throat> "Emily watches the telly and then says the line back." <laughs> I used to put subtitles on, so I didn't oh, know wow. what I was saying. I used to, I like that's how I learned all the lines to Lord of the Rings. That you all know. Because um, I have subtitles. Song, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> um, it's just fun, isn't it? Hearing different sounds I and going, it. I want to try that. But I wanted to know if I could do it. Yeah. Because there's I'm, a lot I of still time. do that. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Especially, yeah. I like I, I really like it and that's how and that's how I end up with weird things because then I also <laughs> adopt, I end up with weird I adopt things. weird things too. So there is a time yes. I feel like a very um uh, John Cusack phase of my life and I really liked the way he acted with his hands and was like oh, okay ironic. you just got obsessed with him yeah, yeah, no, you weren't just like being John Cusack for like, <laughs> no apparent reason well <laughs> I say that but I did adopt his weird like neurotic kind of speech patterns <laughs> and like his hand motions and somebody pointed out it wasn't like, Christopher Walken <laughs> it should have been that would have been a lot more entertaining they're like why are you doing this and I just really like like the way he says this one thing and so there's things that I say where it's like oh I like the way this person does it mm. So I do it that but way. I always like quite um, accents that you don't get to hear a lot. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I can put them into my <laughs> everyday speech without someone going, what? You should just do I'm it. obsessed. I do tips now. Obsessed no reason. with the, the Minnesota, Minnesota, basically yeah. Minnesota accent that they do in Fargo. Yeah, Minnesota. Oh, Minnesota. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, and I just want to start saying yeah. whenever I say yeah, I just want to start going. Ooh, yeah. Oh yeah, my sister. I can't, and I, can't do it's that. Kind of Scandinavian. Yeah, you can. Why, but you know, my sister people and I will bring me up on that. No, so my sister and I, we used to just go to places and we would just do. Oh yeah. You know, I was talking the other day. Like, it was yeah. very strange, and it would obviously go into oh, a very. Oh yeah. And it, it was my favorite thing because there's something like. I don't know. It's releasing about it. Yeah. Do you know, it's a lovely yeah. sound. Yeah. I whenever I, like I try and do a Minnesota yeah. kind of, <laughs> whenever I try and do that kind of accent, I always end up doing um, a sort of middle of nowhere. I go Irish at some point. I, <laughs> kind of I end up Irish. Middle of nowhere <laughs> kind of Canadian. <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah, like yeah, yeah. what's going on? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like yoga de bear. Ooh. <laughs> There's also um, where are they from in Making a Murderer? No idea because I don't know what that is. Oh, uh, Manitoba County. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He just knew. No idea. How do you not know Making a Murderer? I don't know. <gasps> oh my god. Andrea, okay, we're gonna what have to pause it? this and watch seven hours of <laughs> Making a Murderer. No, it's probably like it's fourteen so hours. So good. What it's on Netflix. It? It's a documentary. Okay. So, oh, you'll get obsessed. It's great. But they play the conversations that this person has mm. in prison with his family and the conversation is literally them going yeah 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 <laughs> so for a while I was just like yeah every time I said yes I was yeah oh yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. I loved it you found your schwa yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah you can't really you can't just do it no. you could do it with people that don't know you because they can't really say anything, but it's a strange way of her saying yes. I find that I find the way that you can do it is that you, you need to find a moment where you can kind of say something in that accent. Mm. So like, if somebody says something stupid, you're like, "Oh yeah!" Like you can sort of like, you, do you know what I mean? You can yeah. say something in response to something yeah. as a comment on that situation. I always do that. Words. I always go, "Nibother." 
<laughs> or tanks a million. <laughs> I used to say grand quite a lot for no reason. It's like, oh, it's grand. And I was like, oh, and, and I had no idea why I was doing it. And I started to yeah. say for sure. And I don't know really? where that's come from. For sizzle. For sure. For for sure. I haven't quite gotten on to really big shizzle. in the early 2000s. <laughs> so in terms of accents... <laughs> yeah. We just kind of digress. This is digress. not accents. This is no, accent, I mean, no, in terms of like accent, um, reduction, oh, yeah, modification. What, what terms do you use then? In Like if someone comes to you or what's on your website or... Oh, Ooh. I don't think I put it on my website. I think mine says softening, but I think I change it every time I change my website. <laughs> like every time I adjust anything. Actually, I don't think it says softening at all. I think it just says accents. Yeah. And mine also says accents. And then when somebody wants to work on, work with me, um, I often say, uh, we'll work with your accent. Yeah. So I don't say like, oh, we'll modify your accent or we'll soften your accent. I said, we'll work with your accent yeah. and figure out what you would like to do. I think that's, that's the case, kind of what isn't it? Is. When yeah. the person's in the room with you, it's just like, we're just working on your voice. Yeah. What do you want? Yeah. And what do you want to sound like? Yeah. Because I think that's kind of, um, to get all philosophical and beautiful about this, it's like that's kind of the beauty of what we do is that you can change your voice to adapt to different things. And so you can make it something that you, you can make it the way that you want to sound. Yeah. And so I had someone the other week actually who was like, I want to change this, 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 but I really want to keep this part. And I'm like, yeah, totally. Yeah, that's mm. great. We'll yeah. do that then. Yeah. yeah. I always tell my, um, I've got um, quite a lot of northern students now who are like, oh, well not all of them, but um, sometimes I get, oh, you know, I really don't like my accent, and that's a, that's a process and a journey, and it's about identity and things like that, and they got their own stuff to work on, and, um, but I always say, I was like, don't, don't change so much that you don't have your accent anymore, because I was like, that is something that is so, you, it says so much about who you are, yeah. like as a person, as an actor, I was like, that's really crucial to you and I was like if you change it too much then you're just fitting a mold of something else um, and then you lose a bit of who you are it's my biggest bugbear someone going I don't like XYZ accent yeah why mm. it's just the way someone has grown up and yeah. how they're saying certain sounds yeah how they form them in their mouth why do you have such an aversion yeah, to it yeah why is that a problem yeah and it's like where does it stem from and yeah like it's all about identity and class, like class and, and in this country and economics yeah. and like um, and social roles and who's allowed because there's so much about like who's allowed to speak certain ways and who's not mm. and that is something that I feel like is quite hard to navigate because people have these like um, unseen prejudices about accents mm. that come out really mm. quickly. You've been in the class and you play an accent and they're like, oh, yeah, oh, I hate bizarre. that. And you're like, what, why, why is that? I don't know, it just sounds, and you hear the most awful words to describe the accent. So like, oh, it sounds stupid or it sounds lazy or it sounds uneducated or it sounds just like, no, no, people I grew up with. And like, it's just like, there are all these weird, terrible things associated with it. And I was like, yeah, but that's a person. Yeah. And all they're doing is speaking. Yeah. That's it. It's really interesting, uh, ha kind of coming back to the conversation we had before we started recording about accents within certain theatrical institutions in this country. Oh, it's such a delicately worded. <laughs> and that there is a there is an association between between the regionality of an accent mm -hmm. and the and the educational standing or the social standing of that individual. Mm -hmm. And I once pointed out to, I think it was the director, it might have been a voice coach, 
um, that during the height of the Industrial Revolution, some of the richest people in the UK were from Yorkshire, mm. <laughs> and uh, you know, yeah. and from um, Cheshire and from Lancashire. Mm-hmm. So you had like cotton mills, and you had all those like massive things that were going on, mm. and also then you had you know people who owned huge amounts of land or industry and they earned huge amounts of money and so they were and to for what for you know however you want to explain it they were landed people they had land they had houses they built sort of follies and all sort of crazy amazing stuff they owned racehorses and doing the sort of stuff that you would expect of an aristocrat because that's the sort of thing that they sort of aspired to mm. and yet at the same time very rarely even if it even if a, a play is set during the industrial revolution does anybody think i know i'll <laughs> give him a york accent or a leeds accent or a bradford accent yeah. or a blackpool accent or do you know like then nobody yeah. goes yeah that makes more sense because mm-hmm. it just because oh no well, we have to speak an rp because the, because they've got lots of money and they're in charge and it's like no, no, no that's no. not really how I it was i had a conversation with a student the other week actually she was they're doing shakespeare and she wanted to do it in an RP and she's from Birmingham I said why do you want to do it in RP she was like I don't know I just thought I sound better and I was like where was Shakespeare from <laughs> she was like, oh, he's about 20 minutes down the road from me oh I was like yeah like obviously back then we don't we can never really say what the accent would have been mm. like but I was like people work really hard yeah to get to speak and use the me- the meter and the rhythm in the accent that you have already like mm. play with that like don't mm. do it in RP it's done done a million times before mm. why not do it in your beautiful Brummy accent mm. and so she is Aww. which is great but Yay. yeah but then literally when she went, oh, he's from like 20 minutes down the road from where I am. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Teacher yeah. moment. Yeah. Growth. Yeah, there it's it was. Because <laughs> so, I mean, it, it's all about like rewriting history, though, because we remember things the way we want to remember them. Um, and that's that, what's that phrase that, uh, uh, is it the victors? Right? History's written by the victors. There you yeah. go. Yeah. 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 History's written by the victors. And like who won in that is most people who have RP accents. Um, Came up, but but then I was thinking about on the there was a show on on BBC. It's like one of those like period dramas called North and South. I think oh, it was like a romantic drama. It's very nice. It's one of my favorite things. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, but the guy um, the guy has a northern accent, I believe, and she's got a kind of RP, but she she's she's southern. Hence the hence the title North and South, mm-hmm. um, and uh, but he retained it. I always thought that was really nice that you had that kind of. I mean, he would like he was a landowner and he had he ran like a mill and it was. But very rarely do you see somebody of that stature retain their their regional accent and yeah. always kind of moves into this. It's mad, we, and it's a weird RP. It's not even it's not like a heightened RP. It's always just like oh, we just want to make it kind of standard and like nice for lack of better words but it makes it beige it makes it kind of imprecise it also makes it untrue (laughs) yeah it's historically inaccurate so i mean there are lots of faults in that just keep your accents but i think to go back to a really early point that emily was asking about with sort of like what do you well not early point recent point that (laughs) you were saying about um how do you term it well yeah what do you do with your clients and stuff and i the vast majority of the time 
we don't do very much about changing the accent per se. It's mm. more about clarity. Mm. So <clears throat> working with, at the moment I'm working with uh, a Russian client and her English is great and she's very clever and she's, you know, very articulate. But in Russian, they don't have articles. Mm. So it's not the or a or any of this sort of stuff. So it's like, she, so she'll say things like, um, the boy sat on chair. I'm like, the chair. She's like, the boy sat on the chair. <laughs> if uh, I have to. <laughs> why do you need the article? Like, it's, you know, so, um, and so I was saying, like, we need, for, purely for how language works in English, yeah. we need the the to make it make sense. Yeah. Do we really, though? Well, well probably no. not. I mean, that's a whole other <laughs> series of podcasts. But, but also, like she was saying, there was a line in one of the... Um, one of the exercises we were using and she it was uh, he had a love of the arts or something that's kind of so he had a love of the arts she's like why a love mm. why, what is a love like surely mm. he had love for the arts and i was mm. like oh no he had uh, an affection yeah but why is it an affection and i was just sitting there going actually don't know like you this could have is... more than one affection though but one of the affections is for love yeah which is how I, mean, I ended up art. explaining it for Oops. yeah <laughs> one of the effects one of the loves is love <laughs> you and I love <laughs> but do you know it's so for, yeah, for me it's been about sort of, of clarity a grammar lesson and an accent lesson sometimes I don't ever fix grammar sometimes no, it has I to be tend though to not either I don't do it unless it's like it's... you say unless it, you're like I'm sorry that just it's just not clear yeah hmm. Yeah, that's the only time I ever do it, and or if somebody specifically asks me, because yeah. I was trained in it, and so I could do it. But I was—that's uh, not normally when I'm—I'm I'm not really hired to do that. Yes, no. But it's also about things like saying the, the R or the O sound at the end of your. Your. So you know, do do you have your bag? not you bag, your bag, and it's a different vowel. Oh, so by the nature of the fact that it's an O vowel or an O vowel, like we know that, or, uh, or ooh, whatever, but that what, it changes the meaning, it changes the sense. Yeah. And it's not just about singular or plural, it's also about ownership and it's also about, like, so there's other stuff that mm. goes, so sometimes it's to do with like the, Sometimes it's to do with elision in places where there shouldn't be elision. Mm -hmm. And so there's places where we, you don't have to sort of separate stuff out again and say, no, you have to say your bag. You can't say your bag. Because mm. like your bag doesn't mean like anything. It's, it's yeah. confusing if anything else. So then it becomes about actually just like, sometimes it's that kind of modification, that kind of adjustment mm. in order to make the sense more apparent rather than changing the whole accent mm. so often what happens is is that i work with people for a few months at a time and they will start very very heavy accent very, whichever language they're coming from so they almost immediately coming from like native act native language into english going i learned english at school i have no idea how to say anything and it's really confusing no one understands me mm -hmm. So my classic example, I think I've told you this before, was a Spanish speaker that I worked with many, many years ago. And she wanted to buy stickers for her son. Oh. And she went into the shop and she said, um, can I have a packet of stickers, please? And the man was like, what? 
the packet of stickers. So, and I then pointed out that she was saying e stickers, e stickers, because mm. in Spanish everything that's nothing starts with an s, so yeah. everything's got an e before it. So, es, español, uh, estación, like whatever, like whatever the word is, it's got an e before it. Whereas in English we don't have that. So I said you need to say stickers, not e stickers. And she went, what is the difference? And I was like, e stickers, not a word. Stickers, he'll hand you the right thing. So we practiced it for like an hour. Mm. And then she went the next day. She was like, could I have some stickers, please? And the guy was like, which one would you like? And she was like, holy shit. And like, (laughs) she just called me like from the shop. It was really funny. But that kind of, it's like, it's such a tiny adjustment to make it um, comprehensible, comprehensive, so so that people really do actually, so they are actually communicating and not struggling with that. So that's how I find it often works. Mm. Rather than having to make it, I, I, I never ever ever made people into like RP. Like it never gets. I don't know, and it takes us a long. If that's your, if that's your goal, that takes a very long amount of time. I tell my students yeah. all the time. It's like it, you don't like. I don't even have a really great RP, and, and like it, it takes us a long time to get there. Um, and, the, and there are other things that have to happen as well, rather than you just kind of going to an accent. I mean, you have to be listening. You have to be um studying and doing and being surrounded by it and practicing every day as i tell my students i do that's why i don't how often do you practice Andrea? every day (laughs) every day every day a little call back to last episode oh yes (laughs) that took a while to get in but i was just saying as as you said that the word adjustment and i wonder if it's an accent adjustment but then that scene that comes with a connotation as well doesn't it i think you're gonna struggle to find a phrase that just has no connotations of anything negative, yeah. to be honest. Because you're, like I say, you're changing something integral to someone, aren't yeah. you? You're changing somebody's mm. voice. Yeah. And the so. thing I took away from that too was that, like, the oftentimes, not even just with like um, English uh, coming from a uh, a different language into English, but oftentimes when I've got students um, and a note, if I'm coaching on a show, and the note is um, they need articulation or they need this or they need that sometimes it's not articulation sometimes it's sometimes it's intonation that they mm-hmm. they're saying they're, they're going up or they're going down and then we're losing the meaning because they've shifted the the pragmatic dynamic of it um rather than it being like okay we need to pra- go away and practice your sounds i mean don't get me wrong we all need to practice some sounds. <laughs> there are definitely times where that needs to happen but like more often than not i'm just like well it's just that word isn't it i was like we just need to go over that word you know what I mean? Like, we don't need to go through a whole list of things. I also don't normally have that much time, but, like, we don't need to... It's just that. It's just the way you're saying mm-hmm. that word. And stress might be wrong. Yeah. Exactly. And stress is just a weird thing in English. I and know. We don't have any time for that, but, like, nine times out of ten, it's a stress oh, thing. Oh, yeah, definitely. Or a rhythm thing. They're saying it in a way that's just, like, what, how, why? <laughs> why and how and when and who? All the given circumstances. And what? <laughs> I had to add last one. And what? What is it? Yeah. Was that? That was my thing. So, Emily, uh, what have you realised during this our twenty-first podcast? Oh, what have I realised? Um, I have realised that. Actually, do you know what? It's a revelation that I had when I was writing my dissertation that I'd forgotten about. 
mm. that I've now just rehad again. <laughs> That's Constant gross. revelation. Yes. Which is, it's less about my feelings about changing an accent and more about how I feel about RP. Mm. And a standardization of accent, if you like. Mm. And that I have negative, previous negative connotations about that. Mm. So try not to bring that into the space. I'd mm. forgotten that I had that. Mm. And I real, what was it? Revelized? Don't realized. Realized. Is that what it is? A realization? Mm. Okay. I actually don't know. He does it. Yeah, yeah. it's a realization. Not a revelation. No, no that's not what quite I've... the same standard. As I started. Revelation. I was like, "What was your revelation?" And I was like, "No." Oh, okay, and that's why. That. Okay, that's why. That's why. I no, because something, it. something, sometimes you realize something, but it's not yeah, like. Yeah, that's my realization. Something revealed to I've, you. I've moved a long way because now oh. I teach it <laughs> every day. <laughs> it's, <pretty laughs> much. it's different when you're in it, though. Mm, I think so. It's I think so you have an appreciation, like. I, I literally I teach RP yeah a good few hours every week mm. continually mm. so yeah I've realised I have a, an appreciation for it it's worn off the edges <laughs> <laughs> just rubbed off the edge you're like oh fine I'll just do it then Leon what was your realisation <laughs> my realisation was that um, the accent like there is no real term for it without it being potentially problematic yeah mm. and it's never for me it's never really been like a problem like i've never no. been like oh accent like it's I, never yeah i agree with that it's never ever 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 come up ever in my career as a no it's never come up but it also looked just for me as a person a thing is a debate of it when you're training shall we say yeah but i think there's a sort of hypersensitivity in certain quarters that that they that there's a there's a, a a wish not to offend anybody at any stretch at any like any point don't offend anybody if anybody could take the most slightest offense it's like yeah but let's dig into why that is offensive to you like is mm. that actually offensive to you or do you have reservations about acquiring a different accent or do you have a particular affinity or an affection for your particular accent that means you want to stay with it like either of those things is fine but it's it's one of those things that like I don't sound like either of my parents really mm. and my parents don't really sound like any of their parents I sound like my mum and my sister okay. sounds like she's lived from Bristol because she lives in lives in Bristol uh. so like when she's talking she'd like have a little bit of Bristol in what she's saying mm. not much because then like just enough to kind of say like oh I need to fix that light bulb mm. like, light bulb <laughs> North East London you're a bloody cockney for God's sake you I say light bulb. bulb light bulb um, but but like you know like my parents how would you say from the bulb? east end <laughs> how would you say it today <laughs> I want to try light bulb which is a different inflection but I would say light bulb light bulb yeah light I'd actually bulb. probably just say light I wouldn't even say the bulb part <laughs> you I probably would wouldn't change it let's be honest That's absolutely true you'd get someone else to do <laughs> I it I would have someone else change it because I'm probably too short like... to reach it <laughs> like I can't reach it can't do it <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So Andrea. Yeah. What is your realization? I actually just had one, and um, uh, and whether it's about accent particularly, I'm not sure. But I was working on the thing about offensiveness, oh. and I was thinking about this, and I was just like the um, the idea of not trying because I know that my very existence offends some people. The thing that I do just offends some people, and um, 
and you think about it and you if you spend your entire life trying not to offend somebody it's almost like you're trying to diminish the history and the impact that you have because you're afraid that somebody else won't like it it's almost like taking bits away from yourself not that you shouldn't go around offending like don't do that but i'm saying like if you've got a thought voice it and then if someone's offended by it then you can go you can unpack it Mm. have a discussion about it that's how I feel about accent softening and accent reduction some people want it some people really really want to um, assimilate into whatever culture or society that they're in and they know that accent we're being really honest it's really big in the UK it just is it's massive Mm. and they can see and they can feel that if I look and I sound like everyone else something will shift Mm. something massively will shift um, and I wouldn't take that away from anyone because mm-hmm. it's really important, especially in a country like the UK, like not the country, um, but especially in the UK, being part of is really important. Um, and I, w- I don't think I would ever take that away. So whether I call it accent reduction or accent modification, like who gives, but I want to help people identify in the way that they see fit to do in order to leave their lives with love and dignity. <laughs> that was beautiful. Thank you. That's called Andre trying to end the podcast. <laughs> I think she did a magnificent a positive job. note. Okay. You know you. what that was? Yeah. Magnificent. <laughs> if you want to contact us about anything we said in the podcast, you can reach us on Twitter at can you hear pod or on instagram at can you hear me podcast or you can search for us on facebook and on youtube or email us at can you hear me at the back at gmail.com you can find me leon on twitter at leon trayman or me andrea at andrea fudge on twitter please support the podcast by subscribing as a patron on our patreon site the link is in the show notes to keep the podcast advertisement free as well as get access to cool extra stuff discounts bonus episodes as well as supporting ongoing voice research funding as well okay love you bye